Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. There are no squids in the dark future. There are no squids in the dark future. You will only understand that if you're here for the live show or you're listening to the beginning, which is going to be available to our patrons, because I just tried to put fingers in my ears through my headphones to not hear spoilers about Squid Game, because we have a guest here chatting with Captain Logan about Squid Game, and I'm not going to hear it, friends. I'm not going to hear spoilers. Welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. We are not here to speak about squids playing games. We're here to speak about Cyberpunk. That's right. And I'm here with Captain Logan as usual. Captain Logan, how are you? Ahoy. Ahoy! I'm good. I'm hanging out. It's been a it's been an interesting week. I'm gonna say that. But yeah. how are you doing? I'm good well. I'm doing I'm doing well. I you know my brain's not trying to kill me. I've been having fun playing a lot of Back for Blood lately, killing lots oh, of zombies. It's and been that's good. It's been great. That game is clearly amazing. I think a lot of people are on drugs thinking that it was going to be Left 4 Dead and that it's not as good as Left 4 Dead. And they are absolutely wrong. That game is kicking butts. It's taking names. It is it is the it is absolutely what I've been waiting for. I've been having a lot of fun with that. And I'm super excited to be talking about Cyberpunk again because we've got another what if episode and a wonderful guest. My co-host from the Mass Effect Lorecast, a wonderful, wonderful friend of mine, somebody who knows way more about Mass Effect than anybody really should, because it's it's totally a psychosis at this point. And uh, seven, the legends. And this is my buddy Sam. Sam, what's up? How's it going? Hey, hey, how's it going, Tom? Logan, very happy to be here on the show. Of course, this is the same day of the week that we do the Mass Effect Lorecast. So this sh- this show comes on the live show anyway, right before the Mass Effect Lorecast. So um, very happy to be here. Got a full day ahead of me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And double yeah, feature. This is what I do. To- yeah. <laughs> excited to talk about some cyberpunk yeah dude so okay so you got a new pc recently and you've never been a pc guy you've always been an xbox always been an xbox guy have you gone back and forth xbox playstation or just xbox guy in general so it's interesting you should ask uh because i was originally a playstation guy playstation Mm -hmm. one playstation two and then switched over to xbox okay so you've been an xbox guy you've been waiting to get into cyberpunk until you got this new pc correct yes so i bought cyberpunk when it launched and i got it for my xbox one because i just couldn't take it i couldn't wait Mm-hmm. So I bought it for Xbox One, played a few hours of it, noticed noticed some bugs, took advantage of the refund that uh, Microsoft was offering. Oh, so yeah. then I, but I did it with a caveat. I like I was like, you know what? I bought this game. I do, I have not experienced game breaking bugs on Xbox. I'm going to refund it, and I'm planning to get a PC anyway. That will give them the time to fix some bugs in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get it on PC again and then I'll play again. Right. So you are. And that's what I've done. You are the perfect demographic for 
this topic because we've been going through these what if topics this month and today's what if topic is what if CD Projekt Red waited until today to launch Cyberpunk 2077. So what if they, instead of launching it back in December of last year, had pushed it out another nine months, another almost entire year, 10 months, I guess it would be, right? Until October, the middle of October. What if they had waited until holiday season? This is the beginning of holiday season, 2021, push it down another 10 months, giving themselves a whole nother cycle, another big lump of time to get through all of these patches to fix a bunch of the bugs that we know they've been doing in order to wait until right now in order to launch it. And you're the guy who has just jumped right back into this. Now, you're not playing it on your Xbox One, you're playing it on PC instead, but they've been doing fixes across the board. We know that it plays a lot better on Xbox One, a lot better on PS4. They're still working on doing the next gen releases of this, but we know that a lot of the same bug fixes are available for PC. You've got uh, a new PC that's running a 3070 uh, NVIDIA graphics card with a nice CPU. Oh my God. Yeah. How did you find one? He, he bought he bought a pre-built I, system. He didn't buy the individual parts, and so he was able to get it smart. pre-built. Yeah, yeah. And we, I helped him. I put the, helped him search for these parts. Right, we found a, a refurbished system. He had some issues with it. He had he, he had to send back the graphics card. They sent him back a brand new oh. graphics card instead of a refurb graphics card. He put it back in the system. Everything's working a lot better. Long story short, now he's able to boot up Cyberpunk. So the question is, what would it be like today if they were launching this game now? instead of 10 months ago. So this is the idea that we're starting with here. Now, before we get into that, I want to hear a little bit about Sam's impressions getting into the game right now, as opposed to 10 months ago. So, so far, how how much have you been able to play? Where are you at in the game? Are you still stuck so, on the, the custom creator? <laughs> on the custom creator. Yeah, how much time <laughs> did you spend building your, your character? Your character's... Uh, stuff i couldn't so i'm still trying to decide um at first i wanted to make myself feel better about myself so i had almost decided on the small one for a while um but yeah that's about where i'm at uh no i've 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 put a few hours into it and i think i think it's like three and a half hours in um i i did take some time to just wander around night city the first chance i could get and just kind of look and, and appreciate the uh the graphics because like man <laughs> that is the first thing that really jumped out at me. I mean, how, how cliche about cyberpunk, right? But it it truly is, you know, it's got the graphics of a next-gen game, and I'm comfortable saying that. Um, I know that some people have been so off-put by its bugs that they don't want to give it credit in some of the places where it definitely deserves credit. Um, but yeah, I'm in the game. I am currently at the point where, so I picked a corpo background and I'm not sure how much that alters the storyline because again, I haven't completed it. But okay. I'm at the point where I have spoken with Dex. I've I've met up at uh, at the brain dance club and Judy is putting me through a brain dance like at the moment. Okay, so. okay, got it, got it. So you're, you're still working through kind of the intro of the game is what you're doing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I haven't, so I've managed to avoid a lot of spoilers for this game too. Good. And, yeah, uh, that's great. And my friends told me that I should prepare for a very long intro. 
Yeah, depending you, on how you how long you take wandering around and kind of soaking everything in, it can you can pace it out fairly long, or you can kind of speed through it in four hours. It you know, or shorter, depending on how how you mainline it. Speed through it in four hours. <laughs> yeah, it, it depends a lot on uh, whether or not you like what you consider the opening. Like if you're considering considering like the title card, the the opening, then yeah, it's a it's a pretty hefty cold open. But I mean, like you've mentioned, you've already kind of wandered around Night City. And while you aren't necessarily working on anything except for like one quest, you can still kind of run around and go do stuff. So it's it's your you can kind of get into the thick of it. Uh, but once you get past the title card, that is that is effectively when everything else in the world comes online. And that's when you'll start to start picking up side quests and seeing uh, different zones and aspects of that a lot easier. But effectively you're in the game you're just following the main story and path as you should and the title card for some reason is just super deep into that that first line right right so okay so so far have you come across any bugs yes okay. so what so far hit? i have what have you hit so far and so far it was immediately when i was coming out of vix uh the first time and i walked back out and it was wanting me to go somewhere so i figured i'll drive you know why not uh, -huh. uh and the game had other plans <laughs> so uh, -huh. okay. uh so i'm gonna send you a screenshot while we're talking here because oh, sure. I, I took a screenshot i figured you might like that um but basically i'm walking out of vix and i walk up to my car first of all i can't find my car um and then i decide like i i, I know where i parked the car i know where i was supposed to park the car i can't find it it's not there <laughs> so i reload the game uh, and then after having reloaded the game, I come across, uh, this wonderful thing, uh, here, I'm going to, uh, send it to you, but basically the car is levitating and it shouldn't be <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that's, and that's, uh, I don't know if that's a common, you know, I don't know if that's a common thing that happens in this game, but the car is levitating. It definitely shouldn't be. It's not a hover car. Uh, and I try to get in it while I'm on the phone with Regina Jones. And then that freaks out a little bit. The audio went haywire for a second. Uh, and it came back, but then as soon as like it comes back, I'm like trying to drive and I realize that I can't drive whatsoever. Um, yeah. so I'm sending you the screenshot in our group chat that we got going on yeah. on discord yeah, right shoot now. Shoot it over and I'll load and it up. And as you can. Yeah, as you can see, the car is ah, just sitting there yeah. like it's on a flat plane and it definitely shouldn't be. Um, so it's like the car is existing as its own asset in the, in, in the world. Right. I'll, I'll load um, this up and put it on screen uh, while you. That's while you kind of funny. Time. Yeah, the, the, yeah, some of the vehicles and there's a lot of bugs around the vehicles and things that that stuff is obviously still an issue. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just call it that. A lot of that yeah. is is reloading into the game and having it try to to pick the actual plane that it should be on and have, it's probably running into the issue where it's there's the quest version of the car that's associated with what you're working on and then there's the actual car car and it probably tried to load in like the actual car car where the where the quest version of it is supposed to be mm -hmm. yeah you can see it here the the ground is sloping down but the car is is flat as if it's on a flat surface that's great and it's just kind of hovering there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. It, everything eventually worked out it, it kind of worked out 
at some point? It did. It did. That's not the only bug that I ran into. Um, I ran into the people terrified forever bug. Uh-huh. Um, I'm <laughs> yes. sure that we're all well acquainted with that one. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I was like, so I was playing on controller because old, da- old habits die hard. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and because I just wanted to kind of appreciate the game for what it was. And, um, instead of having to fiddle with the controls and be like, Oh, what does this do? What does this do? Even so I, I like accidentally threw a grenade <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and it was, okay. it wasn't a lethal one. It was just a flashbang one, but I threw it into like a busy like square and then, you know, everyone within earshot and eye shot was terrified forever. <laughs> yeah. They all do the, ah, and then they all hunker yeah. down. Thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Was the one second flashbang grenade over 10 years later? Um, yeah. So I ran into that, fixed it by reloading. Um, yeah, that's just, yeah. I don't know if that's a new fix, but yeah, fixed it by reloading. That was supposed to be fixed in the second to last update, I think. But uh, it, to speak to that, it's funny that you actually had to reload because originally when the game came out, all you would have had to do is do a 360 with your character <laughs> and all of the cars and people would have reloaded. So <laughs> that's absolutely true. Yeah, you just turn and look away and then turn back around and all the all the other NPCs and things would have just like been replaced. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that's true. kind of hilarious, kind of creepy. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Everything's a simulation. Everything in front of your eyes is never, never actually permanent. Oh, man. Yeah. OK, so uh, other than the bugs. Which it seems like those are two just kind of, eh, you know, experience experience breaking a little bit, but otherwise they don't get in the way of you progressing, which that's the big, that's the big thing, right? Those are almost more like Bethesda like bugs, really, you know, like, oh, I walked into Riften and I accidentally punched a guard. Now everybody's mad at me forever, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, I, I got some questions if you don't mind. Sure. All right. Uh, okay. So, Sam, compared to Mass Effect, how are the dialogue choices and conversation flow for you for Cyberpunk? Oh, my God. You know, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, so far, the dialogue has been so smooth. Uh, the dialogue has been so natural and cinematic, no matter which one it seemed that I choose. or mm-hmm. like. And, and this is something that was new to me. Uh, because when I played at launch, I don't remember there being choices that were specific to my background or choices that were specific to, um, uh, to, to skills that I had. Maybe they, they weren't showing up. I'm not sure. Maybe that was a bug that I didn't know was happening, uh, back then, but this time around, I've noticed a lot of corpo, uh, background, you know, unique dialogue choices, which I've been choosing those because I always want to pick the unique experience. Right. Um, and yeah, I just, I thought about that over and over again in the main quest where, you know, every time I answer, uh, you know, a question or proceed with the dialogue. It just feels really, really smooth. Whereas in Mass Effect, sometimes you pick the prompts and Shepard just goes off the fucking wall. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that was not what I was expecting at all. You way overreacted Shepard. Yeah. I haven't really encountered that in cyberpunk yet. I mean, with the, the comparison to, to Mass Effect, there's, 
uh, it's really clear in Mass Effect there's a good and a bad uh, and a neutral take that you can generally take with most conversations and relationships. Um, are you missing any of that with Cyberpunk? Do you feel like you're that that kind of a uh, option for dialogue is is uh, there, or or do you think that you'd like to have something like that in the game? No, but. The reason being is because what I already understood about the cyberpunk aesthetic before going into the game was that it comes with this uh, burden of morality being shades of gray, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about right mm -hmm. and wrong and neutral. It's not like, you know, it's not Paragon Renegade and neutral. Um, yeah. So I don't think that that mechanic would work in, in a game like cyberpunk. Um, and I don't miss it. You know, I'm happy that mass effect has it. I think it works for mass effect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not missing it in this game. Okay. And then I was curious, uh, what type of V did you choose? Oh yeah. So I chose Corpo V, uh, mm -hmm. and then I, I put the majority of my points in cool, uh, I can't remember the names now. Cool technical ability, I think. Yeah. And then there was one other one. It wasn't strength and it wasn't, I can't remember now. Uh, There's engineering, tech, body, intellect, and cool. Intellect and cool. Uh, okay. And then the technical or engineering, uh, I guess it would have been. Cool. Uh, were my primary ones. So. Did you go with a uh, uh, male presenting or female presenting? Masculine. So I went with masculine V, um, did the really boring thing that people do where they try to make, uh, their RPG characters look like themselves. Mm. I failed miserably. Do you have a screenshot? Nothing like me. Do you have a screenshot? <laughs> oh man. I should have taken a screenshot. Oh. It looks like he looks like me. If I was like a rich kid and, uh, had like a souped up Volkswagen Golf GTI that I love to Corpo quote unquote work on. Yeah. Corpo. Yeah, a Corpo so, kid. All right. Corpo me. All right. So nice. I, I have one more question. Um, characters, especially in the Mass Effect series, are very important to the series. Everybody falls in love with at least some set of those characters or loves to hate certain other characters or whatever, right? How do you feel about the characters so far in the story? You've you've named a number of characters that are very important to the story that you've already met. Um how do you feel about those characters so far? So, so far, I, I love Vic. Uh, yeah. I hope he doesn't backstab me and I hope that doesn't change, but I do love Vic so far. Mm -hmm. um, Jackie is a cool guy that I feel like I want to take out for a beer and actually get to talk outside of the parameters of the game, you know? Right, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I can actually get to know him more than than just uh, than just, you know, purely business, which I wonder, you know, how the dialogue changes depending on your background with Jackie, like, you know, would Nomad uh, V have different dialogue with Jackie than Corpo? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking Vic a lot. I like Jackie. I want to find out more about him. Uh, Judy's voice was not at all what I thought it was going to sound like. Really? <laughs> so what, did, that was, what did you expect to be different? I don't know. Uh, okay. I guess I expected, no, I expected Judy's voice to be a little bit smoother. I, if that makes sense, smoother yeah. and also not okay. like, uh, like I actually expected it to be lower pitched than it was. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, she's, yeah. she's small, like she's, she's not very big and she, right. she comes across more burned out 
than I think she looks, maybe. She's got a gruff yeah, maybe voice. Yeah. Yeah. She her her voice is a lot more gruff than you would expect. It's it's not it's not a high pitched one. It matches her tone mm-hmm. fairly well, but she's she's not trying to front as anyone like trying to be a doll anymore. Right. Yeah, she's kind of already by the time yeah. you meet her, she's kind of already had it with a lot of stuff. She's yeah. kind of not putting up with <laughs> things then, anymore. Yeah. And then Dex, I also think uh I don't know, I'm getting this this vibe that he is a rat bastard. Um so <laughs> I don't know. Well he is a fixer. Just, uh, that's all fixers. That's, I mean, he's a <laughs> yeah, fixer. Maybe that's, that's what yeah, maybe that's what V was talking about when uh, I picked the 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 dialogue option with Jackie about, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm used to fixers, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what he was talking about. But I can't wait to see. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm I don't trust Dex. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I've managed to avoid spoilers spoilers so yeah cool cool it's it's really cool to hear your perspective on this at least this far along after you know because we've been talking spoilers for so long so it's really neat to see your perspective go ahead Uh, i just i wanted to to give you one piece of advice that's not spoilery but just good advice um save as much money as you can and don't trust anyone and just especially don't, don't people anyone. that you think you can trust that sounds like sage advice for life too yeah, <laughs> yeah. well in the dark future you know it is the dark future um yeah okay this is this is awesome i, I love getting your perspective here so okay did, so let's logan i, I really i am kind of curious because uh sam's come from a very interesting background in this instance he's been mm-hmm. playing a lot of mass effect and there's a much different style to most of the way that you can play mass effect uh compared to cyberpunk so um yeah. from a from like a combat aspect how are you feeling with the guns how are you feeling with the hacking like how does that how does that come across to you so far i'm really intrigued with the stealth way of things and i was wondering if cyberpunk and i guess i'll find out but i was wondering if cyberpunk is a little bit like dishonored in that you know the way that you approach situations will dictate circumstances later in the game um but that being said normally i'm like a run in there and screw stuff up kind of guy like you know just shoot them up Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, Vanguard is how I play Mass Effect. So gotcha. biotic charge, shotgun, assault rifle. If I'm feeling like a sniper, I'll do it. But it's going to be like a combat sniper. Like we're going to be running around while I'm doing it. Um, yeah. And so far, I'm, I feel compelled not to play cyberpunk that way. Um, I found like one shotgun that I like so far and it's like you charge up the shotgun and then I I found that if you just aim it at people's heads, it is (laughs) particularly effective. Uh, (laughs) So that one's rewarding. But like I said, the hacking, the stealth, that is kind of what has like drawn me in so far. And I think I'm going to angle my play through that way. That's that's the that was uh, Logan's main first playthrough was yeah i was hacking i don't want to steer you in any way but um i i can say that uh you won't have to worry so much about the way that you approach encounters but the way that you approach encounters can be varied and unique to to your build as well as as how you how you want to play and regardless of how you choose to to approach each kind of uh stronghold or encounter or any fight like that um 
play the way that makes you feel like you're having fun because it, it, it will, it will feel better. It'll, you'll have more, it'll be more rewarding for you to, to play it the way you want to play it as opposed to necessarily the way that, uh, the game is either suggesting it. Cause it's, it's you as V and you should really lean into how you feel like your V should take this. Like if a, if a fixer comes at you and says, Hey, I need you to stealthily, stealthily take down uh, this, this person for me, put a hit on them and stuff like that. And you go in and just, you know, punch them in the face and then shoot them uh, with a shotgun or, or, you know, just run around and, and hack them from around the building and have their, their cyber optics burn out whatever whatever you want to do do that because i i promise you you're going to have a lot more fun with that regardless of however the mission goes and and typically the motion the the missions will continue on there's not too many fail states in in most of the game so you won't have to worry so much about that yeah hopefully that's not too spoilery things will continue on it's just some people will be happier with you depending on how you handle things things will continue yeah, on. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm happy to hear that. And, uh, I did hear from one of my friends, not a spoiler, but he also chose the stealth path and he was like, damn, is it hard? He was like, it's really, really difficult. Uh, at least like early, mid early game. Uh, yeah. That's what he said. Anyway, there's, there's tools that help improve that. Um, so keep an eye out for things that would make sense to to approach like a stealth stealth uh, style of gameplay because um, it's that I think is some of the, the more challenging ways to actually play. And, and if the difficulty isn't isn't enough, you can always go in and uh, adjust that or if it's too much, you can always adjust it like mid game and uh, have it have it impact like how how hard things are going to. Right. Whereas I chose to run around and chop everybody's heads off. And it got real easy real fast. Yeah. And it's just the, the game is yeah. just balanced in a weird way. So just play it how you want. Adjust it if you need to later and just keep having fun with it. And don't let that get in the way. You know, just do whatever is the most fun for you and just go from there. So got it. Stealth weapons and a katana. All right. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, you can you can easily min max the system if you if you spend a little bit of time looking at it in certain ways or you just just play with what you enjoy and just have fun with it. And that's probably the best way to do it. Do it the first time is just do what you enjoy and go with that. So um, so from an outside of the game perspective, like it seems to me that you're having the like, what would it be like if the game was launched today inside the game perspective? What about from the outside of the game perspective? The the game was launched. It got a lot of excitement. It came out. Everybody was excited. It sold like gangbusters. And then immediately it got crapped on. People were like, this game shouldn't be out yet. Look at all these bugs. People are posting these compilation videos of all the ridiculous stuff. People were asking for returns. PlayStation said, nope, we're not going to allow you to download this anymore. It is off the store. Um, th it was getting review bombed everywhere. There was there was a big pushback against this game and it, the negativity was huge. Everybody was making fun of it. And within just a few weeks, it was not selling like it previously was right at launch. And it sold well at launch because of the marketing. And we can all agree with that. Now, 
we've also had many conversations about this before where there are good there are good things in this game the story's good the characters are great there's a lot of good qualities in this game but obviously it wasn't ready for launch 10 months ago what do you think would have been or would be today the reaction to this game coming out now publicly outside of the game so this is not withstanding my own views on the game i'm totally looking at this from a societal yes perspective right i think that disappointment would still be rampant you think so Um, so let's 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 kind of walk this up let's go back to december and instead of them saying here's the game it's coming out they release another press release that says sorry everybody we have to push this back another 10 months because that would have been the first thing that happens, right? So we have to get, we have to follow through the the order of time on this. So they've already delayed it. They've already delayed it. Now they delay it again, and I, they're like, "I have a couple quick questions before we before we jump in." Actually, are are we still assuming that the that the previews that they showed to uh, journalists through like them streaming the PC version still happened? Like, are we assuming that the marketing beats for the cinematics and stuff all happened? Well, um, let's go back in time and, and figure that out. When when did those occur? How close to real, to launch was that? So we you remember. OK, so uh, what was it? 2019. Uh, we mm-hmm. got a 40 minute video that showed very well. Right. Uh, it was the uh, scavenger scene where they where you and Jackie burst into the apartment complex and rescue the, the woman in the bathtub. And right. Uh, yes. And see that then in june of 2020 uh they started releasing the night wire videos with holly b and they gave journalists a three-hour uh experience through the start of the game and they streamed it assume that those still would still have happened and that this would have been kind of a last minute like a week or two before launch pullback like in this what if scenario in my head somebody somebody in in the company like went to went to the powers that be whether that's the investors the ceo who somebody and was able to pitch a strong enough argument to say listen if we put this out now this is what's going to happen we can't let that happen we have to push it back we absolutely have to push it back okay so there's there's already been three delays at this point right there's already three delays and somebody in the 11th hour says we are going to get review bombed. This is going to tank. This is like, basically they predict everything that, that did happen in December of last year when it came out early and they're hundred percent right because those things did happen. Right. And they're like, we can't do this. The, the company's, you know, uh, what's the, the company's, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, the way the company is seen there, the way, the the way people see the company is, is perspective. The, the, uh, uh their how their reputation perceived. reputation that's the word the company's reputation is at stake this is what's going on we ha- it would be better to push it back and still deal with that backlash than it would be to push the game out now we have to give it another 10 months the developers are telling us we have to give it another 10 months so they give it another 10 months right so what is what is the public back backlash obviously people are pissed right the internet hates when people push back games we know that the more even-minded people in 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 the world were are going to go well you know what it's fine because i'd rather have a good game later than a bad game early right that's what happens but you're going to get the, the the people out there that are just like angry about the world 
who are just grumpy about everything are going to be like, you know, the keyboard warriors are going to be like, I can't believe they delayed this another. Why did they release it right now? Blah, 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 blah. Those same people would have been pissed if they released it early because they would have been going, I can't believe they released it right now. It's full of bugs. I can't play it. Blah, 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 blah. Those people would have been grumpy either way. Right. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Right. OK, so those people get grumpy. It gets released 10 months later. They start they start up the new buzz. Right. So this summer they start doing some more leaks and not leaks, but like more re reveals, more marketing stuff. They start pushing it out again. Hey, check out all the, all the new details. Look at this. We've got all this you know stuff in the game, blah, blah, blah. They're showing us behind the scenes stuff. They're, they're giving streamers behind the scene looks at stuff. Hey, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And now we can assume that at least all the all the functionality that has been patched into the game now is actually that actually works actually works the game breaking bugs that have been fixed are are there like that stuff works um you don't t-pose when you get into a car anymore <laughs> like uh, you know the stuff that supposedly works works all of that stuff fixed now on top of that they probably would have had even more of the team working on the launch stuff than the stuff that's to come later i would have i would assume because that still would have been a primary goal rather than the dlc or other things that they move some of the team off for do you think that's accurate that's so because they divided ahead, the team Sam. up a bit after relaunch do you think they would have kept more I of the team on the game itself I think, yeah, like you said, there would have been a collective groan, um, you know, someone delaying it in the 11th hour, um, that would have been met with at least from the hardcore cyberpunk fans, mm -hmm. like yet another sigh, of course. Um, do I think it would have altered expectations? No. Well, I don't think it would have decreased expectations. In fact, I think it would have raised them unintentionally. So, um, but do I, about the team's allocation and how much of the team was working on, you know, what they should have been working on? Uh, hopefully I would hope so. But then again, I'm looking at this from a perspective where with my perspective, they should have never let the marketing get ahead of them like they did. Um, because I think a lot of it can be traced back to that. Um, yeah, of course there were some technical issues with the game, but I think a lot of the disappointment from the game came from unrealistic expectations. Um, there was a lot of things where, of course there were game breaking bugs. There was T posing in cars, like you mentioned, but there was also little bugs in the background, which people after cyberpunk became a meme for its failure, mm -hmm. people like to harp on those. And I think that those bugs only served to detract people from the immersion of the game. And going into December of last year, that's what I heard in, in the hopefulness of people's voices so much that they just wanted to a, a game world in the cyberpunk aesthetic in which to live. They wanted the immersion and these bugs took away from that immersion. That being said, from what I've witnessed is the game's current state today a couple quirky Bethesda like bugs that might not even be there if they delayed it again. I think the reception would have been cautious. It would have been high expectations. It would have been cautious, but maybe it would have been received better. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I got gotcha. you. What do you think, Logan? 
I think we are seeing this already, um, but with a different game. I think we're seeing exactly what we would see, but with Halo. Halo was supposed to launch the same time last year. We had one video in July of 2020 that everyone memed hard on, and they literally said, like, September, they're like, hey, we got to push this back a year. Yeah. And everyone was like, are you serious? You're missing the launch of a console after you promised us the launch of a console. And they took a year. Yeah. And at the end of July 2021, they released a beta flight and everyone saw it and was like, OK, it's it's good. But everyone is still asking about the campaign. Everyone still says that the multiplayer is going to be great. No one has any clue what the campaign's about, and no one has seen the campaign since that last video. And everyone is like, what's what's going to happen with the campaign? What happened with Cyberpunk is so much marketing. And I think if you had all the way up until, like, say, the 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 people of uh, in June 2020, when reviewers and, and journalists got to play it they would have seen a pretty good game except for what the main arguments there were which was mostly them like complaining about how floaty and how bad the driving was and that was the that was the feedback that cdpr was giving us uh after that is that they're gonna they're gonna take time to work on the driving and make sure that it feels good then if they were to come out and say hey we're gonna delay this a year I think you'd have some huge red flags. Like there is a cognitive dissonance at that point where reviewers are saying it looks great. They're really hyped for it. They're getting shares from CDPR. Why is this game getting delayed a year? Mm -hmm. That does not make sense. Because they haven't been honest with their messaging. Right. So a lot of people would be questioning what the heck is going on inside Cyberpunk or CDPR. What are they doing that is so bad that they are not sure about what's actually happening. And then they would have to stamp, start ramping things up at the, uh, in, in the summer of 2021 to kind of say like, hey, we took some time. This is what we're at. And a lot of people would be putting it under the microscope the same way that they're doing with the, the Halo test flights and really analyzing it and saying, if I shoot fruit, in cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> are individual fruit going to blow up or right. is the whole stand going to blow up right right and at that point a lot of people would be interested they'd still be excited because we've had so much hype for this video the marketing was insane it was the most marketed game probably ever and a lot of people would be going into these videos like okay this is cool but what did they do over the year like what was that year's worth of work done and cdpr have not been good at communicating their errors they've been really good at communicating what they want to what they want people to see so i think there'd be a lot more scrutiny over the game when it comes out and if it came out in the state that it's in now i think we'd see a relatively close score to what the pc version got but i think a lot of people would still be I, I, instead of like an 86 on metacritic i think we'd be seeing more like a, a 79 because i think people would be looking at the game from the perspective overall as uh as as a game that was being played on pc but the but the original console versions are still kind of rough they're they're good yeah but they're still pretty rough and those would still impact the game i don't think they can get away from that but i do think that 
if they had had the chance to to do it over again, if they took a year off, I think a lot of more people would be saying, cut the last gen, just keep it on, on, on the next gen, because we would already be a year into the next gen consoles. And I think a lot of people would be like, hey, you know what? You can't get a PS5 or, a PS, uh, or an Xbox Series X or S, but it's going to be a next gen game. And I would, I would say, Hey, you know, it sucks that you're going to miss out on a whole generation of players and that, that install base, but you're going to have a much better game if you just do it. And I think if they'd focused on that, then there's a good chance that they might actually have had like a PS4 Xbox series X version available at launch. And I think that's what everyone was hoping for. PS5. That sounds like Xbox a yeah, tough- PS5. That's a that's a tough financial decision because now you're cutting out right of like oh yeah at least half of the you know the ones you're going to sell if not the majority, um, and with how much you mentioned them selling or um, spending on marketing that's I don't know that the I mean it seems to me that a lot of the decisions that were made were made by the financial side of the company not by the design side of the company right have you guys well, watched have you guys watched Mythic Quest. Yeah, uh, this this sounds like one of those things where like the the financial team is making is is winning out on like a lot of the decision making, not the design yeah. team. You know, um. <laughs> the, the thing that I run it, the thing that I I rail against in this situation is is that at some point the the design team would have had the opportunity to say, hey marketing is screwing us over on this. We need to pull back mm-hmm. on what we're doing, and if that's the case you're still running into that 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 problem of a lot of the issues that that got fixed with cyberpunk currently are issues that came as a result of public outcry a lot of them yeah. um how we felt about fighting or how we felt about combat how we felt about uh quality of life fixes um things like that the things that we haven't had are like the rpg elements we still wouldn't have uh, a transmog in the game we still wouldn't have customization for our apartments we still wouldn't have uh being able to get our own cars all of those types of things would still not be in the game if the it additional launched today systems, right the additional systems are not in there and I think that would drag down the, I think that would still drag down the, cause people wouldn't be focusing on, uh, they wouldn't be focusing on the bugs. They'd be, fi- they'd be focusing on what is currently available system wise, gameplay wise, story wise, and graphics wise. Right. And I think a lot of those other boxes can get chucked off, but there's still some big boxes that are missing, uh, the from list. the game being, yeah, from from the game being a a game of a year contender, it would right. be good, but I don't think people would uh, would be okay with a game that has been pushed so much on aesthetics not having something as simple as like a transmog system. Right. right. All right. Well, we need to take a break because I got to thank our our patrons, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a question, and we're gonna come back and answer the question, and then we have an article that just came out today, uh, Forbes, one of our one of our favorite uh, <laughs> favorite um. Reporters, authors, reporters, reporters. Paul Tassie has an article called the long list of what's allegedly being added to Cyberpunk 2077. And we're going to wrap up the episode by going through this list because there's a lot of exciting stuff in here. A lot of this is speculation, but there's a lot of exciting stuff. We're going to talk about this and wrap up the episode. But the question I wanted to leave you with before we go to the middle of the show is, do you think the wise decision was then to launch the game when they did or should they have pushed it back again? Because it's it's a rock and hard place. This isn't an easy choice. This is a really good what if, you know? All right, we'll be right back. 
dock. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. All right, so here we are in the middle of the show, and we have 19 patrons to thank. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping to support the show. You guys are amazing. And if we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your commute, your workout, or fixing your patio, because that's what I did today. I re-glued some of the uh, bricks in the little uh, stairs that go up, the little steps that go up into my my house uh, today. And that would have been a, a wonderful time to listen to a podcast. But I didn't do that. But if you listen to podcasts while working on your home, then and we help you get through that, then uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. And if you are an upgraded patron, then we've got an episode for you to come join us. We will be recording on Halloween night. I know that's a, a tricky night for some of you guys to join us. 9 p.m. on Halloween night. If you can join us, that would be amazing. And I think it would be really fun logan to do a what if episode with our patrons and to have them pitch some what if ideas on the episode that we could all kind of play around with and so here's what i what i'd like to love to hear from our, our patrons is bring a what if idea with you and mm. and we're gonna we're gonna toss this around in our conversation on that episode so think about something that would be really cool to mix up kind of throw in there change around cyberpunk and we'll play with that on that episode coming up in just two weeks. So if you want to join us on that episode, then all you have to do is become one of our upgraded patrons on patreon.com slash cyberpunklorecast. And thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show because we've got more stuff to tackle. Here we go. All right, so Sam is our guest. Sam, do you want to go first? I know this isn't an easy question. Do you think it was the right choice to launch the game when they did, or should they have pushed it back? You know, my lack of knowledge might actually serve as a, a benefit for a quicker decision to that, uh -huh. uh, to answer that question. Sure. So I think that it was still the wrong call to release it when, it, when they did. Um, just because the marketing team put you in a, in a hard place uh -huh. doesn't mean that, that what they did was right. Because at the end of the day, the way that I see it is, um, their reputation, the damage that their reputation sustained, how can you quantify that? How can you quantify that in dollars? Because that's not just a customer who is dissatisfied, who's not coming back to your restaurant. Um, it's a like I said, it's a customer who's not coming back again for another burger from your restaurant, even if it's like a totally new burger that you released, you know, 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. They they hear your restaurant and they think of that one really nasty burger you gave them that one time. <laughs> the one where the, the pickles float off of the burger on their own and the exactly. Um, yeah. And the. <laughs> <laughs> and they, the one, they don't want the another burger. The tomato not from tastes you. like a jalapeno for some reason, and you're like, "What is with this burger?" Yeah, right. The chef sneezed in the food. It was awful. Um, yeah, and so I, I think that that's. Uh, I think that you can draw a parallel like that. 
You get food poisoning from a place, you're always going to remember it, no matter how many times you loved that place before the food poisoning happened. I'm looking at you, Big Mamas in Athens, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's totally not a personal thing. No. Um, oh, no. no. Big Mamas Burritos. Anyway, love the place. My point still stands. I loved it for years and years and years and years, and then I got food poisoning there once. I was gun shy forever after that. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it. So, All right. So you're on the, no. hey, they should have should have pushed it back anyway, train. Logan? Well, I have to I have to ask you, Tom, because I'm pretty sure you and I are pretty big fans. But um, why do we fall, Master Bruce? <laughs> so we can get back up again. So we can get back up again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and much like Chipotle's horrible, horrible history. Quoted with, Batman. With uh, poisoning people. Uh-huh. Chipotle is still around. They are still making big burritos and they're still doing fairly well. So I think this is a great opportunity for cyber or CDPR as a company to have a little hubris to fall down from the lofty claims that they were saying they wanted to be the next GTA five. They failed hard (laughs) and they've had to restructure. They've had to let people go. They've really had to analyze how they approach game making. And I think that because of this failure, They've had an opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe the way we were doing things just wasn't as solid as we thought we were. Maybe we're not as good at at taking care of our our employees. Maybe we shouldn't have them crunching so much to try and get this game out that is supposed to be the next GTA 5. And because of that, did it hurt their reputation? Are people going to question CDPR from now until eternity? Yeah. Should we? (laughs) hundred percent. I think we should do it with every company. I don't think we should trust any company. I don't think that they are taking care of their employees nearly as well as they say they are. And I think that because of this, the, the community has had an opportunity to help have a stake in where this game goes because of our feedback, because of what we said we wanted to be in the game, because of what the modders have done for this game, we're going to be getting a better CDPR game in the future. And I don't think that we would if this had launched the way the PR marketing team wanted it to look like we was going to launch. Mm. Okay. Interesting. It's like, this is a, it's a rock in the hard place. You know, it's a, it's a tough choice. I, you know, I, I'm always, almost always on the, on the page of it's better to push it back than it is to, to push it out early side of things. But you know, I, you know, you've, you've made some good arguments. I have to wonder if, if we had waited again and pushed it back again, if we wouldn't have just gotten basically, I don't know, the same game with just a little bit less problems and they wouldn't have sold as many and had just less money in order to fix the things that were still problems and not the thing that had lived up to like in, in the situation, I just wonder if it just would have been, we would have just all been worse off for it in some way. Like it's weird, you know, uh, looking back on things is 2020, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting dilemma. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really sure which is the better thing here, but, uh, it's a yeah. tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Uh, you know, I feel like looking forward in time, the right decision is almost always the, you know, be forthcoming with your audience, tell them the truth be you know try to be respectable and upstanding and then when you can push things back and and if you have the you know the time to do so 
the, you know? the key factor there is, is that you have to trust the company to be willing to be that upfront. Right. If they are right. being that upfront, then it doesn't matter. Right. People will continue to have to crunch. People will continue to have to try and do things that they aren't, they, that their, their perspectives aren't being listened to or trusted. And that the, gets yeah. presented to the, the, the audience, you know? So in, in an ideal world where, where the corporations are doing what's best for the, the consumer, totally. Yeah. Push yeah. it back just like the way I feel like Halo is trying to do because they know how important that franchise is to the like CD cyberpunk was the next game for CDPR. They didn't do the thing that they knew they should have done. And they didn't listen to the people from the inside. It feels like with at least Xbox and Halo, they saw the writing on the wall early on and they made the hard decision. Like Phil Spencer was like, all right, I have to call up Sasha and Nadella and make this call. And it's going to, it's going to be a really bad call, but it's going to be for the best. Right. And yeah, I think you're right. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Halo turns out the way we all hope it does. And hopefully CDPR has learned enough from this. Like every, the, the discourse around, gaming in the last year since cdpr failed with cyberpunk's launch has been learn from cdpr don't pull a cyberpunk yeah and i think yeah. that that is still an issue that is is ongoing like we are still battlefield 2042 right now yeah call of duty vanguard everyone is saying it this game is not ready three three weeks of delay is not going to change anything right and right. and at this point i think more companies need to be in control. Let their devs say like, Hey, if this isn't ready, let's delay it. Right. Pushing your devs for more crunch. Not a good idea. Keeping your devs in crunch for a year running is not going to fix a game. It's just going to burn out your devs. You know, all of this stuff, like when, when the team itself is just in crisis for long periods of time, it's just not going to make things work. Well, that is like having, having a toxic work environment is not going to make good products. Like we, we need to learn from this and create better environments. You know, all of that stuff together creates a bad system and then deciding to push things back in order to try to fix it and make it better. It just uh, on top of all that stuff, I, I think you're right. Is it just isn't enough sometimes. And so maybe you just put the thing out there and then we can all see how bad the thing actually is and then start fixing everything. You know, maybe maybe that is maybe that's what actually allows us to see the truth of the situation. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's it and shine a light on it and then we can go from there. But um, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on this. You're, of course, welcome to join us on the Robots Radio Discord and share some thoughts about what you think is the best way to handle these things um, and what it would be like if we were to launch this game today. How would things be different? Now, we do have one article to go over and we're going to have to burn through this pretty quickly because we need to move along in order to wrap up the episode and move on to the Mass Effect Lorecast because Sam and I have another another show to do. But um, I'll share links for this uh, and I'm going to put the link for this in the uh, the Twitch chat for you guys to take a look at this while we talk about it. And this will be in the show notes. But this article on Forbes is called The Long List of What's Allegedly Being Added to Cyberpunk 2077. This is by Paul Tassie, who we've mentioned multiple times on the show before his his articles are pretty spot on so this is a list of items that are that come from some connections some conversations some speculations some information due to the hiring of modders at cd project red and let's just go over 
some of the main points that ha- are brought up in this article. And in next week's episode, Logan and I will be tackling what if Cy- Cyberpunk 2077 was created by modders. That's going to be the topic. And how would it be different? So we're just going to hit the bullet points. And I want I just want some quick reactions from you guys on this. So it says right here, first bullet point. Over the next few years, CDPR will be remaking, quote, practically every system that exists in the game over time. Slow improvements rather than some massive patch or release fixing everything. Promising. Yeah, sounds great. Do it. Yeah. And it seems like they might be on track for for doing that because that seems to be kind of where they're going. Right. Okay, next on the Pretty list, much. the entirety of the police system will be reworked. Good. They they need to really understand, like, cops should not stop following you after a certain distance. Like, there's a reason why you're wanted, and it's not because you're <laughs> only desired for short periods of time. Right, right. Yeah, I was shocked at how easy it was to evade the police. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think that'll make the world feel more lived in. Uh, Next on the list, factions will remember how you've behaved towards them in the past and be hostile or passive towards you as a result. We are already starting to see bits of this with Arasaka drones attacking players if you've started a new game post patch 1.3. Is that something you've run into, Sam? I actually thought that I just did like an hour or two ago. I mm-hmm. thought I just ran into that because I believe uh, the the gang is called the Tiger or something. Tiger. Tiger I can't remember the name. Tiger yes. Claws. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I had uh, ran up and like shot one of them who was in a shootout with the police. And then like later when I was doing a different mission, I was walking up uh, to where I needed to be. And there was a Tiger Claw member uh just waiting there and basically like got into combat with me right away uh so i didn't think that i did anything to trigger that except maybe because they're part of the same faction they knew like i might be wrong maybe that was a weird coincidence i have no idea um but yeah i actually didn't like as far as i know what about the arasaka drones attacking you I guess you're no, probably not far. You're probably not far enough in the game to deal with that. Yeah, Maybe. that did not happen to me. I think it's a great plan. I think it it really does play into the idea of them building out actual gangs. There's a reason why there's gangs. We should have importance focused around them. So it's it'll right. be nice if they actually do that the way that some of the modding communities done. It seems like a similar concept to the police remembering who you are. Uh, it seems like the code would be very similar. You know, yeah. I don't see this group, why that's they know who you are. This is how they feel about you. So therefore they react a certain way. I don't see why that's like an advanced concept that wasn't in the game to start with, because I mean, Fallout New Vegas did that. And oh, yeah, that game's like how old? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a new idea. It's just obviously wasn't a priority over other things to get this out. You know, um, let's go. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, an NPC variety system is being developed to give more diversity, both citizens and their vehicles. Oh, that's good. So instead of like super hot chicks or really big dudes, we're actually going to see <laughs> normal people, normal people, maybe? guy with the big not, belly, no shirt and uh, Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, not the same three kids wandering aimlessly throughout the city. Yeah. Depressed child numbers. Yeah. Number two and depressed child. Number one walking down the streets all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, why does everyone look like Skrillex? <laughs> yes, right. Effectively. Right. Uh, this, you'll, you'll like this one. Uh, a transmog system is coming, letting you have the stats of one piece of gear while skinning it to look like another or like look like something else so that you can, you know, dress up and look awesome while still having, you know, the good stats of the dumb looking boots with the raincoat. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to next week when we can dive a little bit deeper into that one because uh, I have some thoughts about that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy if they do a transmog system. Yeah. All right. Uh, change to gameplay difficulty balance, altering the current DPS trumps everything system. This will include strengths and weaknesses to different elemental types of damage and more RPG aspects than the game has now. This is reportedly something that got scrapped late into development, which makes sense because this comes from a tabletop role playing game. Yeah. Not to mention, like, all the weapons actually have specific types of damage right. that they deal it just doesn't change anything. In, in, it doesn't in, matter. One of, yeah, you scan people and they're like weak to poison, weak to the, and it's like, cool. Does that actually do anything? No. Okay. Nope. All right. Nothing. It sounds Whatever. cool in concept, but I mean, it that one totally depends upon execution. And if they botch that one, screw it. Just go with more when dice roll combat. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep swinging my katana and not hitting anything? Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, a couple dozen pieces of free DLC, albeit they may still be very minor things like clothing or cars like we've seen. A couple dozen of minor things? That sounds great. I would have loved if this game came out at a time. Like, for example, Death Stranding has the... Um, oh my gosh. It's like the Yubara bike in it i can't remember the name of the the bike but the, it's the red one that everyone sees on the marketing and stuff that bike is in death stranding can you imagine if this game launched well and we started getting some really cool crossover cosmetics yeah. for like special events hell they could have had halloween cosmetics if they really wanted to or, or christmas cosmetics. you know some fun stuff that they would have been able to add in like for dlc things or just out like horns you want horns on your v Awesome. Why do not? it. Here's a transmog. Here's yeah. a DLC. We're going to do, you know, crazy demon uh, V and you can you can start right. really like adding on this kind of crazy DLC like cool stuff. Yeah, that seems uh, I mean, this is the perfect game for that kind of stuff, because you could totally augment your body to look like anything in this universe. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah, there is th so much you could do with a world like this especially if you open up to some sort of multiplayer, which is coming further down the list. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, a new game plus system. Yes, please. Yes, please. And let us skip the, the dialogue in the video stuff if we don't want to have to rewatch it because we've already done it 10 times. Yes, please. Um, anything else to say about that? Let me skip brain dances. Brain dances. Yes. Sorry, Sam. I don't see how they could screw up a new game plus system, but... <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Apartment customization with multiple places players can live and redesign. That would be amazing. Yes. Yes. I'm a big fan of that idea. Hey, let me buy multiple apartments. How about that? Let me actually interact with the clothing that's in my apartment. Let me interact with the weapons that are in my apartment. Let that me actually do stuff in my apartment. It'd be great. Oh, how about this one? A barbershop to alter your appearance unclear what? if just hair or everything that's big brain stuff right there although yeah. oh man i don't know if i want a barbershop adjusting anything down 
below my headline. Uh, maybe it would be called something other than a barbershop. But okay. unless unless you're doing the hair. But uh, imagine this holiday stuff where you could run around looking like freaking Santa Claus. <laughs> I want to infiltrate a gang looking as looking like jolly old Saint Nick. There's a Santa Claus gang in the in the. I want to I want to be Santa Claus and be just like shooting down people. That would be have amazing. Christmas carols playing in your ears while you're shooting oh people. Oh my god! Yes, and at the, and then during Christmas, I want <laughs> I want freaking the cy- cyberpunk equivalent of Christmas music. It's like it's like Skrillex music in the background, and it's like you better not pout, you better not cry. Yeah, <laughs> you better not pout, pout, pout. Yeah, that's what I want right there. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, all right, uh, two more on the list. Two large content DLCs. The first of which seems focused on Pacifica. Uh, uh. This will not add a big new zone, but layer new content on top of existing zones because they need it. We've talked about this. It will also take place before the end of the game with V, not be standalone or pick a canon ending. Perfect. Guess who's right? Perfect. And then I don't know if we have to say anything else about that. Uh, Sam, just I mean, this isn't really spoilery. There's just not a whole lot of stuff to do in Pacifica. It's kind of there's some stuff to do, but it's not really filled out. So that's part of why we really want this. Um, it's, it's not nearly as dense as it could be. Right. And, and it was it's a shame because it's one of my favorite zones. And the gang in there is really cool. We just wish it was more about that in the game. But anyway, and then there's uh, Cyberpunk is now replacing the formerly GTA Online like system that was scrapped after being in development and is a multiplayer concept focused on cooperative play. It's described as a small MMO, but there are no guarantees that this will see the light of day, and it is the furthest thing down the road. So, so this sounds that kind of makes sense, a right? A lot like Borderlands, I guess. But it also makes sense that you would do all of these other things first, get all of that stuff working, and then add in other players and the content that you can play with other players. Yeah, don't pull a daisy where the devs don't fix things and then they just keep adding new features like like fix things and then add the new features. Right. Like so allow yeah. yourself to buy cars and have places to live and all the clothes that you want to wear and actually do all the things in the game and then add other people in and go on missions together. Amazing. That would be great. This sounds more like destiny, doesn't it? I I'll tell you I'll tell you what this should be. This needs to be like Far Cry 6. You can play Far Cry 6 single player up to a point where co-op unlocks. Once co-op unlocks for your character, you can bring in friends and tackle strongholds and missions um, as a pair. And it makes it way different of a gameplay experience because you have two people coming at it from different approaches who can rely on different styles of gameplay, something that is very fun to do in cyberpunk and actually have fun with someone and have a shared experience. That's what cyberpunk needs to be for online. It doesn't need to be an MMO. It doesn't need to be a destiny. It needs to be a co-op experience, something that you can go through the story with someone and have fun doing that and play through the game with a a co-op partner. Have it be like the Halo campaign. But wouldn't you want like other content to play too? Not just the same missions again? Well, that's, I mean, that's up to the DLC. That's up to them introducing new, new characters to, to interact with and stuff like that. Yeah, I would want it, new missions. I would want like, I would like, let's infiltrate the Militech building together. Well, that's, you know, that's like, 
that's like the the step above where where i'm saying it needs to be at like mm-hmm. they need to do at least co-op pa- campaign past the 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 title screen and then after that ah, experience is nailed let's then bring in a dlc to pack to to really kind of add more flavor and more stuff and like that and then you can start selling dlc to people right right because i would like when you think about it and you're like okay johnny had a gang right like it was a band but it was a gang i want a gang i want yeah. i want me and my buds to have to like have a cool badass gang and i want our gang to get together and i want her, i don't want our gang to go do a infiltrate something i want us to infiltrate a you know another gang i want to i want to infiltrate a corp i want to like i want to do something cool in the cyberpunk world that feels really cyberpunk that's what i want i want to be able to play as jackie with someone playing as v yeah yeah i want us to like fight back against the man you know like i want us to be able to like do that in this world and that doesn't happen by yourself yeah that's what it's easy to be it's easy to be a solo but a lot of the a lot of the best you know mercs out there have people that they rely on they aren't all solos right and i I think that would be a fun co-op experience absolutely absolutely and then that's how the tabletop works you know like you've got your net runner hacking the system while somebody else is looking out for the guards coming around the corner and then the guards show up and they're taking down the guards while they're buying time for the net runner to open up you know the door or hack the turret so that they don't get shot you know like that kind of stuff and then they're making their way into the next room and then you know like you got to work together in order to get through whatever it is you're trying to do that's that's the cyberpunk experience when you're working as a group that's that would be the next phase of this and maybe that's three years down the line but that seems like a really cool goal if we can get to there like it doesn't need to be gta online but if we can get to that that would be really cool. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm I'm imagining uh, something along the lines of what everyone said they wanted the next Elder Scrolls to be. If you know what I mean, like taking the Borderlands online system and putting it inside an open world where it's not like missions are specific like this is a highly structured thing where you're going to initiate the event play the event the event is over and you cannot play with your friend anymore Mm. because it's only event based that's not fun in my opinion and it would break immersion again so if they could have something that's you know integrated like an open world thing and i know that uh you know they said they're replacing the formerly gta on like online like system um i don't know i think it needs to be centered around immersion because no one's going to play cyberpunk because it's an fps you know what i mean right i don't think that that's right. why people would play cyberpunk yeah it needs to, it needs to have a system where you can be yourself and be who you are and and play that out but it also has to have cool combat and stuff it's got to be like those two things working together right and guys, they've got they've got cool combat and stuff that stuff's in there have you guys played or played any back for blood yet dude i've been that's all i've been playing that's right i remember we were talking about it. that is a that is a mission-based structure where you're going from mission to mission there's checkpoints you can upgrade your gear you can uh, you can uh, add modifiers with the cards and difficulty like that that system can be fun. It can be, it can be interesting and it's drop in and drop out. So you can, you know, you can take over a bot at any point during a mission for someone 
and the bots are worthless, but at least you can have someone jump in uh, one when you're playing with bots to be able to take over that character. That is a system that I think would would be interesting to see in Cyberpunk. Not to say that's what it has to be, uh, but at least something like that is an approachable uh, design philosophy for a game that like that that has a world like Cyberpunk. I think you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see like a mission that's structured around playing it with four people, and let's say you let's say the three of us jump in and we need a four, and you fill it with a, a bot in order to just fill it out. I could see that that working, um, but guys, we're out of time. This is this is it. We'll be we'll be tackling the topic of what if cyberpunk was designed by modders next week. So tune into that. And Sam, thank you for joining us. We've got the Mass Effect Lorecast to, to jump into in just 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that. Sam, is there anything you want to share before we head out? Uh, well, you know, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to talk to you both about Cyberpunk a little bit more once I've played the game to my heart's content. Uh, I'm a completionist, so when I say that I'm going to be playing the game, I mean I'm going to be playing the hell out of it. Um, so I definitely intend on playing uh, Cyberpunk until there's no more content left to indulge in. So if anyone is interested i may or may not be streaming that depends on i'm going to gauge interest in that but if if anyone wants to watch some of my streams they can catch me at n7 the legend on twitch uh at n7 the legend on twitter and pretty much everywhere else uh any other platform if you type in n7 the legend and i come up uh then i have an account there and if i don't then i don't (laughs) yeah well there you go yeah go check out his stream he's got he's been streaming on his new pc and it's been been awesome seems like it's been working great yeah um yeah and thanks so much for helping me set up Streamlabs. uh you know there was a couple of kinks that i needed to work out really simple things kind people on the twitch subreddit helped me out as did combat vet uh here in chat and the streams are really smooth now i'm able to stream in 1080p 60 fps which is like you know that was a pipe dream for me at one point uh not too long ago but this pc is is truly awesome so can't wait to see what it can do awesome awesome and logan what do you got going on how are the seas uh, dangerous keel hauled as usual we're killing skeletons to get cosmetics it's pretty par for the course we've been having a lot of fun this season um but i i gotta say sam dude thank you for jumping in i i really can't wait to talk to you again about your experience with cyberpunk i have so many questions when you hit certain story elements uh to see like how they played for you how does it feel compared to like a mass effect storyline because mass effect is is pretty renowned for their for their plot and their story and their immersion in that so i'm really curious because i think that the story in cyberpunk is is one of its big strengths it's one of its fortes and i and i can't wait to kind of see how that works for you if it plays out the way it it did for me when it first came out bugs and all or uh if you felt like there's maybe something lacking yeah but yeah that's pretty much it I, I head over to the discord if you guys want to talk to me uh i'm over there um i need to check with tom about a couple things as far as uh the the watch party for next week um but as far as i know that should still be going on uh it should be the regular time should be i think saturday mm-hmm. uh around 11 p or 11 a.m pst uh 2 p.m est and that's uh what is that 7 uh p.m bst and then I think 4 a.m. Australian time, uh, depending on what side of the coast you're on. Um, so we'll, we'll be watching that, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. And we're watching Akira. So um, yep. 
yeah so we're, we'll be t- actually that's the topic this this month man uh i always forget what the topic is but yeah we'll be talking about akira on the patron chat uh not another what if episodes but if you do have a what if episode that uh idea that you want to pitch us feel free to throw that idea at us but that's that's the topic for this month because we've been tackling uh different uh cyberpunk movies man i got caught up in all the what if excitement well toasty hasn't seen cyberpunk stuff and it's, I know. And it's, a, it's I know. ridiculous and we're trying to fix it for him we're doing this all for you're, him you're so right if we miss i'm out not on disappointed if. i'm not disappointed i just i just got <laughs> i got distracted i got all excited about all this what if stuff um well that just that just means that people have to put in their what if uh theories for for this coming episode then because this is going to be their last opportunity to get shouted out on the show there you go there you go send us your what if ideas and um i've got my stuff all over at robotsradio.net including all these other shows from these other guys and we're all on the robots radio network and i'm streaming every day during the week in the mornings at twitch.tv slash robots radio where i've been playing back for blood every morning sometimes though you'll catch me editing and working on podcast stuff and i'm happy to answer any questions you have about content creation or starting your own shows or we can just hang out and play games together. So I'm trying to build to get, build up a, a Back for Blood crew because trying to play through freaking veteran with a bunch of randos on the internet is really hard because we get a bunch of new players who jump in veteran first and they don't realize that this is not the kind of game that you start on veteran because it will destroy you. And then I'm like, all right, guys, you know, we're, we're going to get destroyed and then they get destroyed. And I'm like, OK, go back to go back to recruit first. You got to build the deck and they don't know what they're doing. And that's a pain in the butt. So if you want to play Back for Blood and put together an actual crew who knows what's going on, come join me in the mornings because then you can join my crew and then we'll actually take on some of the harder content because we'll be coordinated and we'll have good decks and I can help you build your deck and learn how to play through the levels and then we'll be awesome together. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas, friends, is friends. That's all I want. That's all I want is friends. Tom likes building decks. I just want to build a deck and have friends. That's all I want. All right, guys. I know of some magic conventions where you can do that. (laughs) No, back for blood. All right. Thanks for being here, guys. What's the real? Oh, no. Pokemon. Pokemon's it, guys. Just Pokemon. All right. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll be back next week. And stay tuned for the Mass Effect Lorecast coming up in just like nine minutes from now. So we'll see you in just a little bit. Bye, everybody. Stay safe in Night City. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? 
Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. in New Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020. It's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.